From MPW Digital Network comes Cast Iron Table, the network's latest podcast for foodies. Look at the char we're getting. That That is what we're going for. Oh, isn't that hot, guys? Yeah, let's go with peppercorns. Thank you, because without peppercorns, it's not steak a poivre. <sighs> it can't be. Archer! By, like, definition. Today's show focuses on taste and drinks from the South, as well as some of your questions. I am not chugging beer. I'm sampling a flight of gluten-free German lagers with a French wine pairing. It's called a smorgasbein, and it's elegantly cultural. All right, Randy, you should probably lay off the old vine Chateauneuf de Pub. MPW Digital invites you to come sit down at Cast Iron Table with the Country Club of Oxford's executive chef, Jonathan Oliver, and the host of the program, Chase Parham. How intelligent do you have to be to take a food order? Ma'am, you're absolutely right, and uh, I apologize. I'm going to get this fixed for you right away. Welcome to another edition of Cast Iron Table. I am Chase Parham, along with Executive Chef of the Country Club of Oxford, Jonathan Oliver. Thanks to all you guys for listening last week, tuning in, subscribing. We really, really appreciate it for the inaugural episode of Cast Iron Table, brought to you by MPW Digital. Today, we're actually on location. We're at the Country Club of Oxford, trying a, a few different beers here with us uh, in front of us. Larry Brown L. that's a Yalabusha Brewing Company beer. Beer's the topic for today's show. Also, the guest today, Sam Fonda, originally from Greenwood, Mississippi, now an assistant brewer, Triple C in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. He uh, is going to join us a little bit, teach everybody a little bit about beer, whether it's an inexperienced guy like me, what uh what to like how to move up my my beer palette or for the experienced guy too how to check dates what makes it different if it's a little older all that kind of stuff so again we appreciate it if you're if you're listening to us on itunes please subscribe leave some ratings leave some stars we prefer five if at all possible for uh for that if you're listening through the website and different things thanks for uh listening tell a friend we'll try to we're going to bring these things to you not try we are we're going to bring one of these to you each week as we highlight a different food, as we light a, you know, highlight a different scenario, something will uh, will teach you what's going on. And today it's beer. So, Jonathan, good uh, good day to you. We'll get to Sam in a little bit, but uh, I know this is one of your favorite topics. Oh, yeah. Huge uh, beer nerd, I guess you could call me. Yeah, you really are. You, you, you <laughs> kind of made me the last the last month or two. I've had to try a few more. I've gotten a little bit more into IPAs. You've and opened was, up your horizons. Yeah, and I was definitely the guy who would just walk in and go, okay, there's a Stella over there. That's fine. Give That's it, the give father-in-law it, um, tap. You know, I got Stella, Yenling, and uh, Peroni on one end, and then I change up the last six, which you can see from here. I was a little surprised Peroni was in that category. You do a lot of that work? They, they sell well, man. You get a cold Peroni, is they're really hard to beat, I think. Fair enough. But, yeah, we were going to talk to Sam, kind of get some different things today. Our, our big focus today is going to be on teaching, kind of experience beer together um, with an emphasis on, you know, just hanging out. If you, if you guys want to get together, throw a little bit of a beer party, we're going yeah. to teach you how to cook food that accentuates the beer. We're going to show you some different beers that would make sense with those things, kind of highlighting Triple C where Sam is, uh, is, is working at. So, all those things today uh, on the show, the way it's going to work, we're going to talk, we're going to kind of take you through a, a night of pairings, the way this thing would work, and then we're going to close the show with Sam's interview. So when we get to Sam, we'll go to him, and then when he's done, that will uh, we'll close the program from uh, from us today. But again, thanks for uh, for listening as we get started. And Jonathan, I guess, you know, six guys, and I'm going to bring everybody over to the house. We're going to do whatever watch the game but we're going to cook some food we're going to all bring a meal that highlights a beer we're going to choose some beers where am i starting here i'm assuming well, it's to get the glasses we uh yeah get the glasses but 
speaking of Sam, we used to get some friends together, you know, couples, say six to eight, and we would uh, just kind of all, you know, I would cook, and they would they could bring different types. We'd go with an IPA, an amber, a porter, kind of the three types. Um, so do a three-course deal. We would usually do a three-course because if you do any more, then cabs have to come and get everybody. You know, you got to go that route. <laughs> you don't want everybody staying over all yeah, night. Yeah, so I let's mean, get them out could, of the house. By all let's means, they could stay over if they wanted to, but, you know, and most we're, people we're, like their own bed. We're not hospitable like that. Let's, <laughs> let's get them out of there. Yeah, like yeah. So um, glass-wise, I was like I was telling you earlier, we like to use probably a six to eight ounce glass on most stuff and then change it up, which Sam will probably talk about a little bit later. Um, but we, uh, you know, the best place to find good glassware is the Goodwill. I go there um, probably once every month in Oxford. The one in Oxford's really good. You go in there and you can find little small stuff, stock your, your freezer up or stock your uh, your beer area or your liquor cabinet, I guess you could say. Um, that's kind of where I start with that. And then um, kind of go in, go into that direction. Just six or eight ounce glasses. Six or eight else ounce for? glasses. What's, you know, yeah. what's, what's it look like? Um, well, you got sifter glasses for the the darker beers. You know the stouts and the porters. You got, uh, you know, I usually use the uh, the flight glasses just because they always kind of have those laying around. I know Target had a big sale on those a couple of years ago, and they were a dollar a piece, and I bought hundreds for the country club, but it didn't go over very well. Not many people were into the flight thing yet in Mississippi, but up there you know that's what you get you want to try everybody's stuff which if i'm at triple c where sam is i'm i can't wait to get there and try it all and it's it's one of those things um the uh food wise you know if i was starting out yeah let's go first course what, what, what are we kind of first beginning course with? so we're going to do an ipa um starting with the ipa which is a little more i mean that's a it's a it's it, a it's a medium well, beer start, it's not what just big, the rookie's you know? doing um, yeah, I, well, if I'm starting with the IPA and everything with beer, I think goes with wings. I mean, wings are kind of my favorite thing with beer. Um, on the wings, on the first course, I would get your grill going, and everybody probably has a fry daddy um, or it's a, a wedding southern present. Staple. Everybody has one. That's so, what we talked about today with wedding. Pre- you're you're going to get these weird attachments. You're going to get things. And I've said that before. You, you know, just just ask the wife. Stuff or the that you're like, oh, I'm never going to use that, but now maybe you can use that. Um, so your grill's outside. You usually have a plug-in somewhere around that. Put your uh, fry daddy out with the grill so you don't have to stink up the whole house. Um, get your I like the jumbo wings, you know, the, the bigger size on those because you can do like two or three per plate, and everybody's fine, comfortable with that app. I, uh, you know, would grill those, get a nice oil on them, grill, get your grill nice and clean, grill those halfway, and then go directly into the fryer. Those are kind of barbacolas, what we call them. So you're grilling in the fryer get best of both worlds Ooh. and then pull out with the you know the ipas especially the citrus ipa i'm kind of on the uh, real, centradelic real quick on the wings how, how long are we grilling those what's the kind of i would the say you're there? grilling probably each side's probably like four to about four minutes and we're talking get as hot as it'll go get it really hot Blazing. you want to get good good grill marks because it looks cool um and it's got a nice char on there so we're going to go from the grill to the fryer and it's cut your fry time down which you know your oil is not going to last forever in the smaller uh fry daddies that you probably have mm-hmm. um so we're going to go grill fryer we're going to have a mixing bowl next there and I, I love frank's sweet chili sauce okay it's awesome and you can add maybe a little bit of tabasco and kind of spice it up a little bit if you want to because the cit- the citrus ipas are like the centradelic is what i'm going with because i've been drinking that from new belgium lately is awesome with the with the sweet chili tossed in there after the fryer so you, i'm grilling them i'm throwing them in the fryer i'm pulling them out and then i'm tossing them in tossing the sauce. them in that 
and then directly on each plate. You know, you could you could plate it or you could have kind of buffet style, however you want to do it. We kind of did it we did it both ways. I, I got into it just because um, I would have the plates out and everybody would kind of sit around and they'd eat that and they'd talk about that. And we'd drink beer and, you know, one thing led to another. We're, you know, happy and having fun. But Citradelic's tangerine, right? It's a tangerine, yeah. Any citrus citrus IPA, which they have a lot of, um, a white IPA probably be pretty good with that. Um, and then any local, you know, I, I love the uh, – nothing too too crazy. I love the Yellow Bush of one and done, but, you know, you're looking at close to 8% those to start out you're probably not going to make the beer dinner to the end you know so um anyway start with the spicy wing kind of a a a fruity ipa Mm -hmm. that's where i would start with that you know that's that's the start off for my my beer dinner and and it's a pretty i mean that's a that's a fairly filling first course you're getting into this pretty big you know you can do two wings one you know maybe your wife just wants one and you can have the rest (laughs) you you eat three and it yeah yeah works out so it averages out good and then again, that's just the little six eight ounce glasses. Have that with yeah, it. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, you could get really techie and have all the glassware. But I'm thinking of anybody that's just at home and doesn't want to have, you know, seven of each glass. You know, just get the normal. It's not a snob podcast. We're not going to talking about you know all the the, the different you know sommelier type things going on, but. Just to not kind of, I am trying to experience the beers on whatever. What's kind of the basis for okay, in between things, if I want more than just six of eight, six to eight ounces of liquid, am I just drinking water? Am I making sure not to kind of um, mess up the rest of my my palate with other alcohols? Yeah, or I drinks? would probably stick if you're really trying to get into the whole the beer dinner thing. party. Um, I would probably stick with you know just doing beer and then having a little water in between because that's going to make you feel better in the morning in the long run. Um, you know, and 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 you know, your your wife or my wife is gonna you know want a glass of wine, mm-hmm. um, which you know a lot of this stuff compare. You can kind of do both best of both worlds. You can kind of make it where it pairs with wine and beer. Um, what's which, a what, know, what's me, a, what's a wine for the wings? Like you know, if I, I'm thinking a Chardonnay, um, maybe a Sauvignon Blanc or something like that. The and then you know, because you don't want like the really oaky Chardonnay. You'd want more of like yeah, the Riesling or the Sauvignon Blanc, yeah. right? I think I'd uh, less oak. Um, you know, La Crema is kind of the popular wine of Mississippi. I, it seems like I sell more of that than anything. So you could start with that. Yeah. Okay. Then we're going to move on. Uh, we're, we're kind of we're kind of talking about a meat a, a beef dish next is yeah. what we're going to go. So right? we we had the smoked amber we've been trying here today, which is uh, from Triple C. That's a Triple C. Yeah. Um, and or I, any amber. And I, I like ambers a lot. It's kind of one of my things. A beet amber is just kind of a daily one I'm going to have it's around the one. refrigerator. How does this? We're, we're using the smoke amber for our example, but how does the smoke amber compare, in your opinion, to just the normal amber you're going to get from? more local breweries that we're going to run through. You definitely have the smoky flavor. I, uh, you know, it's different. It's, it's, it's something that you think you got to get accustomed to, you know, it would, I'm not going to have everybody over that doesn't like beer. So so I want people that'll try stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I think this is one that you can ease into people like, Oh, well I've had a, if you start it and take a couple sips, I think it becomes better. It gets better when you say you get three ounces down, you're like, Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Then you get that the rest i think it's good um, that's kind of the way i treat ipas because i'm still kind of yeah, getting it's you're like getting a, i'm gonna get you there one day yeah but so we're, you're getting there um so on the amber i would do um what we do is kind of get a cheaper meat like a flank or a a flat iron steak the things you um, would do with like quesadillas or tacos yeah, or that yeah. kind of meat that kind of beef do get that you know don't go all out since you're hosting the party or if you're hosting and you want to do it all yourself you know get the get the stuff that can be cheaper that but 
you know that that just wows everybody um the we we marinate that i've done it at, at, a, at a party similar and at the club um molasses little vinegar um little worcestershire in there and some brown sugar um kind of at the end and marinated that for probably say you got it that morning you could do it in the next couple hours and then brush it on the grill it gets a nice crust on the grill so we're and marinating I, and brushing <clears throat> marinating and brushing i like that kind of sweet with the smoky amber i think would be awesome um which i know it is it's really good um go from there i mean i'm mid-rare i'd say uh medium let it rest um on the sides on that i know you can cook everything with beer um i've cooked you know collard greens brussels sprouts green beans um red beans and rice so what was really good when we did it we did red beans and rice but i did it with uh i think i did it with yellow bush of copper copper when we had that here um cooked down some onions added the yellow bush in there cooked that down canned uh, kidney beans a little bit of uh you know you can use chicken stock or you can use beef stock i kind of went with the chicken stock so it wasn't too much um and then let it kind of cook down and then um you know you have a handheld blender a lot of people have that again back to the wedding gift uh at home some people do some people don't but just a quick aside it seems like a really handy thing what all am i using that thing for um you know soups uh any kind of sauce you want to make um it just cuts time in half you know it's it's a whisk it's a it's a electric whisk is kind of how you want to look at that so um the uh on the on the red beans i like to put them in let them go and hit that and save some beans to the side like say you use a three cans okay. put two cans in there then uh, hit them with the the blender and then add the get a kind of a paste not a paste but a liquidy liquid form add the rest of the beans in there so it's a creamy red bean goes over the uh the rice for a little and the rice you could you know i'm sure you again back to the wedding if you probably have a rice cooker sitting somewhere yeah that's not getting used much um and you can make that and then that's that's awesome and then put your uh your your molasses flank on top let it rest kind of slice it on top of there looks really nice i think that goes well together and st- takes away from that you can add salsa jim but i think the the, the steak and the with the uh, the red bean i mean it's just it, it's a great combo i've done that here i've done it with chicken too but if you're going with the amber or that style beer i think i would go with the meat and just meat any way that you would do the greens or the brussels normal like the just greens or the them. brussels yeah you're gonna cook down you know i like in my brussels sprouts i like bacon i like beer onions i mean and brown sugar some people don't like onions. I, I've had – there's a lot of people at the club that pull onions out of everything, which is – I'm an onion fanatic. So one one kinda, Jeffrey Wright does that. So there he is, says. yeah. Um, there's a few, but we don't have to do it that way, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm bacon. Everybody like you know, most people like bacon. Um, and then cook down with the, with the beer. Add your Brussels sprouts in there. You know, put them on low heat, whatever uh, – cooktop you have you know gas preferably but you know electric you can do whatever but low heat let them cook and you know i use a dutch oven that i have at the house cooks really long it keeps a good good uh good heat to it let them cook for a couple hours have that done you know that can be done well before your people even get there you know and your party um all your sides can green beans same thing um kind of cook down i use a little beef stock with that um again onions and beer kind of cooked down the collard greens is my favorite we're kind of getting out of out of that time of year for that because it's warming up but i'm after the first frost is kind of my time to eat collard greens they get tender um so we'll cook that the same way as the as the brussels and the uh, the green beans and they cook a little longer but 
all that goes well with your uh, your meat portion there. So we're doing the flank steak. We're doing it over all this, all over the the red beans and rice or whatnot, and uh, drinking the amber. So we've had this. We've got the we've had the spicy. We've had the hearty now with the you know the pretty savory red beans and rice yeah, yeah. dish. So we now we got we got we got to top it back off. Get we got to go sweet. We got to finish on a on a dessert. Sweet. Note. Well, I've kind of missed on. I'd like to. Yeah, I was going to show you these meatballs that I've done as an app. You can get the already cooked meatballs at you know say Kroger here. You're talking about Walmart. just a straight up in the bag. Straight stuff. up pre cooked meatball. It's, okay. This is the cigarette key to this. Straight up pre-cooked meatball thaw this is, out. This is the meatball version of that American cheese you were telling me about last week. This yeah, is that yeah. Kind of okay, so we're going with that. The So we get this, the, the meatball. We thaw it out. We can make a beer batter with a tempura beer batter. So beer, I, well, flour. I can make tempu- tempura you can do that. beer batter easily. Oh, it's it's probably one of the Go simplest. Ahead. Keep yeah, talking, though. You need a, uh, you need a uh, metal bowl or any kind of bowl you got. Whisk. We'll go with flour. Uh, I like to use a little darker beer. You know, like um, we could use the amber that you're cooking, that you already have at the house. Or if somebody brought over a beer and said, hey, you mind if I use that real quick? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make these uh, this beer batter. And they're like, what do you mean beer batter? Yeah, I'm making you a nap. You know, so how much beer to the, to the flour? What I would say are we if doing you're doing, a, let's say, two cups of flour, probably one one bottle of beer. Okay. Um, and then a, add a it's little cold. A- chalky paste thing it, 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 and in cold water's the key to that some ice water strained in there get it a little looser. ice water into yeah, the yeah. bowl a little looser probably like you know a quarter cup tops okay and then uh uh baking powder and uh baking soda in there just a little bit yeah let that whisk that early if you can and sit it in the fridge and let it kind of rest and get back to room temp or back to the fridge temp yeah so you're going to have your, your thawed-out meatballs. You're going to have your fry daddy already going for your wings. And the key to the fry daddy, a lot of people have issues with that, is is when you cook a wing, let it rest and come back to temp because you lose, you know, you're at 350. You probably lose 50 degrees when after that. you got to sit your wing up. Some people just keep throwing it in, and it just doesn't work. You can obviously do it with, like, a turkey boiler or, you know, like a crawfish pot with oil, but – that's just a whole nother nightmare to me um, when you're doing the simple stuff. So batter your uh, – drop your meatballs into your batter out by the grill right into the gr- uh, fry oil. Same oil that I'm using for the Same oil. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, okay. you can do your – you can do those first and come back and do the wings or vice versa. Okay. Um, I would probably do the, the beer batter second because it's going to leave a lot of that batter kind of floating around in there, and it's, it's, a, it's a mess. It's – you're going to have to dump it and clean that the proper way, you know, take it somewhere and get that rid of that. But you're going to go in straight. They fry up really nice. Mm-hmm. A little soy sauce tossed in the, when they come out is awesome. I mean, it's it's one of our little cigarettes. I've done it for past hors d'oeuvres here. People are like, oh, my gosh, these are great. And I'm like, it costs nothing. It's so cheap, and it, it just goes over really well. And you could have some kind of dipping sauce, you know. I know Jeffrey loves comeback sauce. We could do that and that. Might have to um, do the wings and the meatballs then. I think you could do, but you could do good. both on the same plate and look really cool. You know, you could do a couple, couple wings, a couple meatballs through the side. You know, best of both worlds. And you do them out with the IPAs. And Carolina Gold would be great. That's you know that seems to be a fan favorite down here. I think it, it, you couldn't really find it much in Oxford, and then we you know bringing that down here, you know, it was just a great move. We we toss wings in that too. Well, I haven't done wings. Sauce. We do Carolina Gold, we do sweet chili, and we do buffalo. Um, and buffalo is by far the third out of those three options. I mean, is I, that third? For yeah, you? yeah, it's third for me. Um, but you know, they they all 
the Carolina Gold, the Sweet Chili actually sell the most, I think. But Carolina Gold is just, it's top notch. It's one of my favorite. And that's an easy one. You don't have to make it. You can get the, the KC Masterpiece Carolina Gold is really good. Um, just in the in the jug if you just want to get something easy that you don't have to buy all the stuff to make. Um, it's one of my favorites. Um, but you can make it. You can get, if you're ever coming through North Carolina or South Carolina is where it started, you know, come by and grab a, grab a jug or get it shipped there. I mean, it's it's top notch. So we've 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 done this. We mentioned the the wings. We mentioned the meatballs. We've obviously the, the the main course was our was our flank steak with the the savory side item. For the dessert, we're putting it with the with the porter or the stout or the more thicker beer where you're not just going to sit yeah. around and so drink. So you're those you're things. ending the night. You know, like this is you've been there probably two hours, probably along. You know, your wife's like, I'm kind of tired. You know, got to go home. So, you know, and all of us are probably still going, oh, really? Not yet. Let's go. Let's keep going. You know, Um, the porters and the stout, I would do uh, just as another easy beside the grill that won't smoke up the whole house. uh, Cherry's Jubilee. It's one of my, you know, go to's here. Um, But we have, you know, obviously a massive hood vent. But you can go outside by your grill. Um, Say you have, you know, a burner on the side. It it takes uh, pitted cherries in a can. Pitted uh, cherries. Pitted cherries, yeah, in a can. I use the dark cherries. I think they look a little nicer, and they, they kind of got a nice color. Um, brown sugar and uh, brandy or bourbon. You can use bourbon. that kind of changes that flavor. And bourbon probably goes great with that porter, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of times they do the porters and the darker beers, like bourbon stouts and things like that. You could add that in there. It would go really nice. Um, well, the bourbon or the, the, the cherries you're going to get going on your in your skillet. Say you have a, I don't know two quart pot and you have your you mix your cherries your 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 cherries your uh brown sugar and then keep that to the side how much brown sugar what's what's proportions um say let's do three cans of cherries let's do probably i don't know three tablespoons of sugar in there um you want it kind of sweet at the end and a lot of people squeeze a little lemon in there to kind of get it tart um and so you're going to cook that, and then you're going to add your bourbon or your brandy. I use brandy just because I love the flavor of brandy. And then kick it to the side where your flame can kind of get into your pot, and it's going to flambe your cherries. And you can it, it'll cook out the alcohol, but it also cooks those cherries down perfectly. And then if you want to make pound cake, fine, make it. But you can also <laughs> just buy some pound cake, get a yeah. nice slice Pour that over the top, some whatever favorite. So you're ice telling cream me you the have. hostess pound cake's perfectly fine. For I mean, this if, you, if you want to make it easy and not have to do too much, yeah. You know, this is we what don't want to bake. You're we're talking, not baking. Yeah, yeah, we're not baking right now, and and we're talking. You know, that's a lot of process to do all this and keep whatever you can keep simple on this party is probably the best way of doing it. Um, so we're gonna get that flambéed. We're gonna get it cooked down. It's gonna get a nice, uh, nice sauce to it. We're going to take it off. And when, we're yeah, when's it done? How do I know when I'm uh, done with this? You know, the flame will go out when the alcohol is cooked out. I like to get kind of a nice uh, kind of syrup look to it where I can put a, say, take a spoon out of your drawer and just put it in there and it sticks to the spoon. It looks really good. Um, that's that's where I would be done with it. You can t- always taste everything, you know, as you're going. And then you can cut your pound cake, put it on plates, have everybody come out there to the grill, and you just kind of scoop on top of your uh, – on top of the pound cake, let it run over. Then a little vanilla ice cream. That's what I would go with. You know, something, you know, just from anywhere. Vanilla, whatever your favorite brand is. And then shave chocolate shavings on top. 
Perfect. Easy. Not syrup. And, and you're a chocolate guy. I threw that oh, in there for you. I'm a chocolate guy. Um, yeah, that's my thing. So um, that's what I would go with. Um, and that, that would just blow everybody's mind, I think, right at the – and that's, that's probably three hours of hanging out, you know, hanging out with friends, cooking, talking about food, talking about beer, very social. Um, I think everybody would like that. I think – you know, and, and, and again, wine, all that stuff would go well. You could get a nice, uh, you know, just a, a, a nice finisher. You know, you could get a Yeah, what is the, the wine end. for the finish? Um, you know, a Malbec would probably go really good Ooh, with that uh, like those. With that, that cherry. Um, and that's kind of a finisher of the night for wine for me, too. Uh, Pinot would go great with the uh, also great with the the flank and or the strip. I was going to ask you what's the the, the middle. I would assume with I'm some a pin- I, I, I like Pinot. I mean, I like a red, you know, but Pinot Noir is probably one of my favorites. Um, it's smooth. It's easy to take. I like blends too. Um, I think a good blend would be good there in the middle. We can do wine next time. Yeah, if we we'll, want to do. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that at some point. <laughs> If you're not into the cherries thing, obviously bananas foster could also work. Bananas foster would be great. Very similar process. A lot of people get bananas liqueur to add with that, um, which, you know, it adds that extra kick in there. And then over, you know, pound cake again, um, brandy or bourbon again can hit that up. And then, you know, powdered sugar always looks really nice at the end on that one. Um, and that, that, you know, both of those are great. I think... You know, you could get both. You could do both. You could do a little duo if you wanted to, but it's just a lot more clean. That's up. a lot more work. I don't want to come. You when I'm done doing all that, you know, I don't want to sit there and look at my dish dish sink, you know, and say, oh gosh, I got to clean. That's why you're doing a lot pans. of stuff on the grill. You're keeping a lot of it outside. Trying you're... to keep as limited, and and I like to rewash, like say the first course, rewash that bowl for the third course for something that goes in that. You know, I like to to kind of keep go keep it up to keep it clean and not just a just a mess when i'm done because obviously i probably had as many drinks as you guys have or not more and that's the last thing i want to do at the end is clean up you know i kind of probably ready to go to bed you know so we're gonna get the same in a minute but i mean you as you mentioned you're a self-described beer nerd what are kind of your two or three beer rules tips just kind of for the the person that's that's into it not i mean we talked yeah. to sam a good bit in a second about the the inexperienced guy but yeah you know what what's what, what kind of took it to the next level for you well i'm very similar to him you know i'm i'm from this area too i'm from oxford so i grew up again with bud light coors light abita was here but you know abita giacomo i think was the first kind of beer i had in that was oxford. a big deal that yeah, was, that was huge <laughs> i remember that came in and i was like oh my gosh this is pretty good then i lived in new orleans and it got a little better but they're about the same behind as we are i feel like they have more breweries now but back then they didn't and everybody was where do you fall on strawberry beer um you know i think it was good really good probably five years ago but now i feel like they've kind of mass produced it um you know it's in cans it's in bottles it's on see that's why i like covington more than abita yeah i think it's i haven't had that one but i've heard from numerous people that it's better yeah um, but, you know, and I'm not knocking a beat. I think their Mardi Gras Bach this year was spot on. Jeffrey could contest to that. Um, he had quite a few. But, you know, the um, I just think starting small and, and you gradually, you know, get a taste. I have guys that, you know, that only drink that. But you're not going to be a cheap date anymore, you know, <laughs> when you have to go out and buy a six-pack that's, you know, anywhere from 8 to 11, 12 bucks. You know, from the it's the not one thirty was, stones anymore. No, no, not at all, not at all. So you go from Natty Light to to you know an IPA or or whatever. I mean, I think it, it's also 
you got to look at beer too that's not going to be um you know it, the darker doesn't mean the more flavor that's that's the problem is people say, oh it's so dark i bet it's hard to drink it really doesn't um and then you know the ambers the the lighter beer these sometimes you'll have a light beer that's just just hoppy 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 mm -hmm. you know or, or a light beer that you know that that it tastes has more punch to it than a darker beer so it's kind of where i'm at that i think you you grab if you if you take the chance to try to get new beer and to to bulk that up then it's it's just a better just give it give it a give it a try that's the way i would go with that we're gonna get to sam in a second last thing though i want, I want a bonus thing here i'm i'm looking at it we had talked about it before i'm gonna have to try it soon the uh the beer cheese soup. Oh, yeah. Take me through that. How do I make it? Beer cheese soup. So we're going to – in Charlotte, I made that quite a bit. Um, you know, we had um, a big crowd that liked that. It's it's. I think it's pretty much a northern thing. Um, but, you know, or out Midwest, I'd say, right. probably with all, like, Wisconsin or somewhere out there. But I would cook down some pepper. I made it more of a southern draw on it. I did – I cooked down peppers. I could leave out the onions for Jeffrey if I make it this week. Um, so I cook down peppers. I add chicken stock, let it come to a boil, reduce the heat, um, add a roux, um, which we've talked about before, thicken it up, add some uh, – you can either use heavy cream if you have it. If you want to spin that, or you can get milk that's a little cheaper. Um, heavy cream, in my opinion, just tastes a little better. Or you could have both. You could add the milk, top it off with the heavy cream there at the end. Um, and then your beer, once you, well, once you cook. Just of cream? Um, I'd say if I'm making enough for, like, say, 10 people. Um, yeah, you, the cream at the end is going to, because you're going to thicken it up, and it's going to get thick. It's going to loosen it to your consistency that you want, which you want it looking like a soup, a nice cream-based soup. Add your beer. You can add your beer early, a little bit early, and then you can also add a little later. You can never take it out, so add it you know add it as you need um and taste it as you go because it can go behind it can go a little too beery or it can be so we're pouring it in on top of the milk and the cream just a little bit not much you're gonna um you're gonna start with the beer but you can add if you say oh it needs more beer flavor i've added beer in there because i mean you know what you're getting beer cheese and then gouda cheese is my is the key to that or that uh red dragon um ale cheese that yeah it's, it's that an ale got. and mustard seed cheese yeah that was really good, good. that might be good for like a garnish you could do your 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 uh your gouda get it consistency melt in there it's awesome um and then so, maybe so the shave. cheese just goes into the milk cheese goes into milk whisk you could pull out your uh, so the whole time i've got this on medium heat like what I'd am i say, doing well you want to get it to to a boil reduce to medium once you get your thickness add your roux and then let it kind of, you know, you, when you add your roux, always use a whisk because you'll get, they call roux balls, uh -huh. and they, they're hard to get out of there. So you want to whisk that in there. And then you want to add your um, your cream to kind of get that base. If it's too thick, it'll cream it out and get it a little better. And then your Gouda cheese at the very end because you don't want it to sit in there too long. Whisk it in. Um, and then once you're, if you're serving, I would put to the side, you could even do like a, a beer soda bread, which I would go buy. I could, we could go through that, but I'd go buy. You could do that as like a crouton on the top, and then a little shaved. Uh, you could even shave it with a peeler, uh, your Red Dragon ale cheese, mm -hmm. or you could shred it right on the top. That looks really sharp, and that could be something great before you. How much Gouda was I using on that? Um, you know, it just depends on. Like, I get the the logs in. They're five pound logs, so I use. With what we're, size we're doing, you could probably go get one 
chunk that's probably, I'd say, seven to eight ounces tops. Shred it in there. Um, always get a little more because if you have it, you're going to use it somewhere. You know, you can shred it, put it in a salad or put it on something if you haven't used it all yeah your hack for the week is the red dragon cheese it is exceptional i God, think you even good. get it on amazon and stuff you can order it you through it, yeah and it 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 really complements complements even the sausage and cheese plate i know i know jonathan's talked about melting it in on burgers and different things it, oh yeah it goes with everything that gives you that Nachos, mustard maybe. taste that really 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 stands out with the mustard seed or you so. could do you know even with this beer dinner you could take that red dragon cheese and have a uh, sausage cheese plate that we love in the south or at least in mississippi i know we love it um, and then get a beer mustard. Do they have the Highland Gaelic ale mustard that's awesome? Lusky Monk out of Nashville. I mean, out of Asheville is really good. Um, and have that kind of on your plate. And that could be a starter with your – you could go you could go big and go like six courses mm-hmm. and go, you know, cheese, soup, apps, you know, into your uh, – the, 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 in, the steak. Into your steak, then into your, uh, your dessert. Um, and then full and home in bed. Full and home in bed. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of telling you a little bit about beer there, getting you uh, situated if you'd like to do that. A pretty cool social event, something that could definitely definitely uh, bring some buddies together. Yeah, it'd be sure. cool for a night. So hope you learned a little bit of there. Now you're gonna learn a lot more. Uh, Brewer Triple C in Charlotte yeah, is uh, is Sam Fonda, good dude. Really, yeah, uh, really he's good awesome. At what he's, he does. He's an Ole Miss grad also, and he uh, he's from Greenwood. He's uh, he's just he knows what he's doing. He's uh, about to open a new brewery in West Virginia. Um, he started about four years ago, and he'll tell you kind of the whole rundown. But he uh, he's 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 pumping it. I mean, everything he does, he does a pilot batch on Wednesdays up there that's just phenomenal. I mean, everything is is great. And y'all go online and kind of check his brewery out after this. It's TripleC.com, um, and you can kind of see kind of where we're going in Charlotte with beer too. I think they got just rated a top beer city in the country recently. So yeah. So again, we tried his. Um his 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 porter stout. Uh, what's it called? Up all night. Sm- is on up that all one. night. Breakfast. Yeah, we porter. tried that one. We tried the smoky amber, and then also we are uh, sipping on Larry Brown L from uh, Yellow, Yellow Bush Brewery. Yeah, here, which is uh, great. It's 15 by. miles down the road. Yeah, you know? it's, it's close by. As we're based out of Oxford, so hope uh, again. Hope you learned something there. We're gonna go to Sam now. That will close today's podcast with his uh, his interview. Really good stuff. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing last week as we get. Uh, ratings and try to build this thing up but we really really appreciate it we'll talk to you again next week here is sam fonda brewer triple c charlotte north carolina sam i appreciate you taking some time with us today uh to talk a little little beer a little food pairings a lot of things going on on uh today's podcast just uh just, just kind of curious as we uh as we get started what's uh what's in your fridge right now what are you drinking uh well right now i'm in the car right now so uh obviously don't have an open container on me but I just left the house. I just uh, I just finished the Allagash Saison, um, one of my favorite classic styles. Uh, but I'm on my way back to the brewery now, uh, where I'll probably have uh, an an IPA. We're uh, we're testing a couple of years today. We've got the we've got the smoky amber in front of us. We've got uh, what's the other thing, Jonathan? We're Up doing? all night, uh, breakfast porter. I like that one. That one's pretty good. And I, I'm not a huge beer guy. I'm a I'm the I'm, I'm the guy at the table that doesn't that doesn't belong right here right now. But um, <laughs> that one's pretty good. What about if I'm if I'm just eating you know if I'm eating something with that? What what am I? What's kind of the pairing for that beer? Right. So uh, the up all night, the breakfast porter is uh, it's called a breakfast porter first of all because um, we brewed it with with honey and oats and uh, 
Hayes, it only uh, it's really forward, really chocolatey, um, and it's a it's a high gravity beer. Uh, so it's really kind of a nightcap uh, dessert beer. Um, I would maybe pair it with some some cheesecake or. I did uh, it with. Uh, John talked earlier about that about a cherry jubilee. Yeah. That sounds delicious with it. Um, I thought about doing of, it with. Any kind of chocolate. Chocolate pie pairs great with that beer. Yeah, it's not the one I want to go and have four on the beach or anything like that. No, I wouldn't drink it on the beach. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> um, a night on the beach in the, in, with the cool wind. <laughs> right. I just kind of hit a few things here. How'd you kind of get into this? I, I know you started with some home brewery and stuff. I mean, were you just kind of a a, a beer guy? Right. I mean, do, uh, do, yeah. you know, do you get do you get kind of involved in the, the science behind it? Kind of take me through how you got to where you are today. Right, so um, I was just like you, you know, uh, when I was in college, I drank a lot of Miller Lite, uh, but I was the guy that occasionally brought a six-pack of, uh, of Sam Adams or Sierra Nevada to the party, and then uh, after college, I moved to Colorado with some friends, and uh, that's about the time that New Belgium was getting really big out there, and so I, I started drinking that a little bit here and there, and then I went to a party. And a guy offered me a beer, and it didn't have a label on it or anything. It was just a blank bottle. And I said, you know, uh, what is this? Where is this from? And he said, oh, I made it. I said, oh, you know, what brewery do you work for? And he said, no, I made it at my house. And uh, and I thought that was cool and interesting. And I didn't actually do it myself until a couple years later when I moved to Charlotte. Um, I started home brewing, and then uh, I met Jonathan. Um, he the beer cave uh, hooked me up with a job up here in Charlotte back when he was chef the club up here, and uh, and yeah we started we started making a lot of beer together uh, in his shed, and um, about that time I uh, I was drinking a lot of beer from the local there was only one local brewery in Charlotte at the time and I was drinking a lot of their beer and I basically begged for a job and and landed a job at the bar back there hard job to get and then. Uh, and one thing led to another, and, you know, uh, someone got fired, and I got bumped up and got a, a full-time job as a, a line cleaner, go around town and clean all the draft lines. Somebody else got promoted, and I became the delivery driver, and somebody else got fired, and I became uh, helping with packaging, and then all of a sudden I was making the beer. Um, and then the whole time I was friends with these other guys at Triple C um, that were great guys. We were friends socially through music and liking the same kind of beers. And... Uh, they offered me a job and with a lot more responsibility and uh, more creative freedom and that kind of stuff. And that's where I am today. Uh, and sadly, that chapter's uh, coming to an end, but another one's opening up as uh, we're about to move to West Virginia and kind of open up our own thing up there. I'm just curious about something that probably most people that, that, that drink beer think about or wonder about and whatnot. I mean, you always... See with the domestics, the whole born on dates and stuff like that. I mean, it feels like if you're at a brewery or somewhere where you know it's close to being prepared, where you drink it, just a little fresher and whatnot. What am I looking for in any type of beer, really, or kind of take me through them? What's what's you know new enough? What makes a beer too old from from a date and an expiration standpoint? What am I looking for? Right. So uh, we like to. It really depends on the style. So if you're drinking a beer that has a lot of hops in it that you know if you're a hop head you love ipas that kind of stuff 
we like to suggest that you check the born on date on our on our cans and not everybody puts born on dates on their cans but uh we're pretty proud that we do and we like for you to drink that can uh within 90 days and if you if it's if it's been over 90 days it's still going to be a good beer but it's not going to be um it's not going to have the hop flavor that we had intended it's still going to be drinkable and, and and very good but um it goes downhill from there and then you know after after six or seven months it really becomes uh a different beer still drinkable but not that ipa that that we first brewed and there's no there's no way to uh there's no way to con- contain that hoppiness really um but now if you're drinking that up all night porter um it's a really high gravity beer which and, has uh, winter 2014 on the one we're drinking <laughs> yeah so if it's the bourbon barrel aged porter even uh we do it we age, we actually age that beer in bourbon barrels, and if you crack that beer open when you first get it, it's going to have a lot of uh, bourbon barrel characteristics. Uh, you'll get a lot of vanilla notes from the oak, and, uh, and of course the the bourbon uh, flavor in there, a hint of that, and it'll be pretty boozy. But now, if you age that bottle in your fridge for a year, that booziness is going to mellow out. It's going to become much more of a complex. Uh, beer that doesn't have those upfront really alcohol boozy uh, flavors that some people go nuts over and love and some people want that more on the back end um but now that smoked amber that you have uh it, john that you're telling me about that ages really really well um but i wouldn't age it the same way i would the up on my quarter the, the main thing we're concerned about is our hoppy beers and our really light beer, Golden Boy, that's another beer that we just we really don't want sitting around on the shelves for very long. So we try to do a good job of monitoring the grocery stores and all the bottle shops that our beers are in um, and checking the board on dates, and we'll actually uh, buy them back if, they, if they're too old. Um, and a lot of breweries that have beer uh, across the country that go through different distributors, they don't have the... Uh, they don't have the opportunity to do that. And so you'll see a lot of beers that uh that are well beyond their their uh drinkable date and um you find yourself uh that's what worries us as craft brewers is that somebody a few bad eggs will ruin the whole thing if someone's new to craft beer and uh someone suggests an ipa to them and they go in the grocery store and buy it and it tastes bad um you know it's not because that brewery necessarily made a bad ipa it might just be old what for, for the lighter stuff, what is kind of the, the expiration for that kind of thing? Are we talking about 90 no, would, days or whatever? It, 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 a lot of it depends on the shape it's in uh, when it gets there. So a lot of times these beers will sit around in a warehouse and get hot, cold, hot, cold. If that happens three or four times, it can make the beer taste skunky. Um, or if oxygen somehow makes its way into the beer. So it really it really all just depends on on what's happened to the beer. In a lot of ways, the consumer then is a little bit held hostage when they're just waiting on it through warehouses and whatnot. They're a little bit held hostage, and and, uh, and that's why we try to spread the word and educate people. It's um, cool you guys buy it back. Probably wouldn't hear that much. We, we, we try to, but we can't find everything all the time, you know. <clears throat> for, for, um, for, for the guy that's just, you know, Bud Light, Miller Light on the golf course, the, 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 the light domestics, what's... 
What's the good starter to breweries and craft beer and, and kind of trying to elevate his, his palate a little bit there? What, what, are, you know, what are two or three types of beers, kinds, whatever, that you would recommend for that situation? Right. So we brew a beer at Triple C called Golden Boy, and it's a Blondale. Um, it's it's 4.5% alcohol by volume. You know, that's, that's 0.5 less than Budweiser. Um, it's, it's really light and easy to drink, but it has a little bit of hop flavor to it. And that's what we think is a good gateway beer, um, craft beer that's not really that's not going to scare anybody away. And if they drink two or three of those, they might start feeling more confident about you know about uh, getting more into craft beer. And then you know, before you know it, you might find yourself at one of these beer dinners with John Oliver, and he's giving you an IPA with some uh, with some spicy wings, and that's just another stepping stone, you know. Yeah, the IPAs and the I guess like a Bach would be the next step. Uh, yeah, um, that's that's another uh, not, uh, good beer. Um, kind of a, a lighter, uh, you can find kind of like a lighter uh, Springbok. Um, they kind of have a range, you know. All these all, we have all these styles and then sub styles of beers. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's another good one. Uh, Jonathan had a question. Yeah, where Jonathan, the, uh, the person that's not do, the big the big the big issue I see with people that are not familiar with craft beer and then they taste it and they think it's too heavy or it's too, too um, you know too flavorful almost would be uh, you know they're used to chugging they're used to that uh, they're not used to drinking beer Coors Light like you drink wine they're used to drinking water. beer like you, like you drink beer when you're growing up, you know, uh, stealing beer from your parents' refrigerator or in college, <laughs> when you see a lot of this binge drinking, the, uh, they're used to drinking beer like that. And if you try to drink these 6 and 7% beers the same way as fast as you would those those types of beer, like the baby maker, feel a little heavy and a little full. So you just have to take it in moderation and sit, and sip on it. Yeah, you got to move past the whole. We're we're doing this for effect, not taste, that, right? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, along the same lines, what's the move for? Uh, the... Yeah, I mean the. Uh... Go ahead. The uh, we're definitely doing it for taste and flavor. I mean that's that's the big thing for me now. Like I mean I would be uh, it's definitely all about flavor, but these beers do have a little bit more of a kick to them. So um, you can accidentally have too much too fast and. And that's what scares people away sometimes. So you just really have to know what you're getting into and take it into moderation. Jonathan was just kind of curious there. What, uh, why is it that most brewers have the big long beards? <laughs> well, the most, the I main think, hundred percent. When people ask me why I have a beard, uh, don't shave. And, uh, I think the only time I saw I like you shave it was your wedding. <laughs> I like the fact that I don't have to just get in line and, and have a have a shaved face with with, uh, with everybody that else that has a nine to five job. Um, the uh, I don't know. I, I I had a beard before I started uh, making beer. Uh, whenever I was in between jobs, and I always liked it. So it's pretty well groomed now. It has become sort of a cult. <laughs> it has become sort of a cult cult thing where. Uh, Brewers have to have beards. We don't trust. We don't trust other brewers that are skinny or uh, don't have any facial hair. 
you mentioned the Golden Boy, kind of the light stuff. Would, would that also be the thing for, you know, maybe you're dating somebody, you've got the girl who just wants the, the Moscato or the really white wine or the things that don't have a lot of alcohol. How, how, how would you, in, you know, kind of introduce them to the beer category? Yeah, they, and then what, uh, they like that. And then, you know, on the alternative side, it doesn't necessarily have to be a low alcohol beer. You know, uh, most wines are 13.5%, 14% alcohol uh, by volume. Uh, we serve a Belgian triple here at the brewery that has a really unique flavor that's uh, sort of sweet and has um, almost like a banana clove-like uh, aftertaste to it, and and, uh, and it's the girls that walk in here. It's their favorite beer, but you know, again, it's one of those you have to warn people. And, and you might be carrying them out, right? Tell them, you know, you got to be careful with this. This is not something to to kick back and have three or four of. Um, um, I find a lot of girls uh, tend to like it, even if you know they don't know what it is at first, and then you tell them what it is, and then they can look for that on the stores we uh J- jonathan and i we're here we're kind of talking about these as you mentioned the, the parties where you bring some friends over has some tastings all these different things what are what, what are three or four beers you know t- types categories where i want to go hey we, we're, we're all kind of beer guys we want to sit around we want to sample some stuff try some food with it what are you recommending that i bring in there to uh kind of give a diverse selection of, of beers for the evening um, so it, it depends on the crowd that you're, uh, that you've got there. Um, right now, IPA is the most popular craft beer out there. So, uh, definitely, um, and I, and I love them. Uh, so, so definitely those, uh, it's hard for me to say if you're uh, coming I, back I, to the Grove, you know, like for a weekend, you're bringing to your buddies. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, definitely, uh, you know. And you're from Greenwood. Time, I know what they drink. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, if, I, if I'm in the Grove, I'm going to bring those uh, those Golden Boy cans or our uh, our 3C IPA from Triple C. I brought those back last time. Um, but so if I'm if I'm here in Charlotte and I'm having a bunch of, uh, of beer guys over to my house that really love craft beer and that are, you know, um, very uh, savvy in – uh, and what they drink, sort of, and and wanting to taste new things and experimental um, beers. I'm really into sour beers right now, um, and a lot and a lot of people are starting to more and more people are starting to get into that. And three years ago, nobody was um, in the states anyway, really. Yeah. Um, but it really just it really just comes along with the more and more and more you taste things, the more you're going to want to taste something else, something else, and you graduate into these different, uh, into these different levels of beers you want to taste. And and right now, I feel like um, everyone, everyone's had an IPA, but that's not going to go away anytime soon. But right now, um, we're starting to uh, brew at the brewery and get into more of uh, sour beers and beers, you know, brewed with bacteria and wild yeast. Yeah, I was going to say the the sour beer. Kind of explain that to me. What's the what's the profile of that? I, I'm not real familiar. So, uh, as brewers, uh, we work extremely hard to sanitize everything that comes into contact with the beer. Um, 
up to the point where we pitch uh, yeast into into the, the beer exactly like you make bread. Uh, brewers use brewer's yeast that we, we cultivate and pitch into the beer, and that's what ferments the beer um, and turns, uh, you know, sugars into alcohol and CO2. Uh, we work very hard to make sure that no other kind of yeast gets into the beer except for the one that we pitch into the fermenter. Um, sour beer, on the other hand, is intentionally putting bacteria into the beer. Um, there's a lot of bacteria out there that will make the beer taste very bad, but uh, used in the correct way, in the correct amounts, um, it can make a really complex, wonderful beer that... Uh, it would go really well with some of those uh, cheeses that John's going to serve at the at the country club. So it's the it's a yeah it's it's, it's, it's a stinky cheese beer. Yeah, it's a little more body to that one. It's not it's not it's not one that's going to lack a uh, lack flavor. No, and that's uh, that's lactic acid, and that's what really gets you in the jawbone back there when you take a sip of it. Like if you ever had a uh, what's the candy we ate when we were kids? Uh, Warhead. Oh. Or um. The, uh, the sour warhead, <laughs> but more subtle than that. But uh, a lot of these beers come from Belgium, and uh, and they're traditionally made there. With a lot of these breweries in Belgium, will have you know orchards and, and fruit gardens growing in, in their uh, fields, and they just let the beer sit open to the air out in these fields and let uh, whatever yeast is floating from those uh, in the wind from those orchards fall into the uh, into the beer and ferment it naturally like that, and that's what gives it that really sour taste. I'm more just kind of curious on this. I mean, just to see how the, this talks about because you you mentioned that you started out with just home brewing and whatnot after you uh, experienced the, the 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 bottle without the label on it. I mean, is that where you just basically find things on the internet? You buy kits. I mean, you just become a mad scientist where you're putting all these different things together and start tasting them. Kind of kind of take me through the process the of this begin, you know, beginning to just try to brew at home. Right. So the first thing I did was uh was Google, you know, when I first when I first decided, okay, I want to make a batch of beer. I googled uh you know, uh home brewing or something and i found a little kit at bass pro shop outside of charlotte a little that you everybody gets their dad for father's day you know and uh, i made a beer with it and it was terrible and i didn't do it again for a little for a good while and then uh and then um there's a little antique shop over uh that um close to where i live and my wife and i were walking in there one day to antique shop and uh and there it was there was a sign that said beer and wine hobbies and I walked in, and there was grains and hops and yeast, um, all kinds of equipment that you would need. They, they typically all sell, like, a starter kit where you, it basically gives you everything you need to, to make your batch of beer. Um, but, yeah, you know, you just need really what makes beer is, is uh, malted barley, hops, water, and yeast. And then uh, you just need some a little bit of equipment. Um, that's easy that most everybody has it's a pretty cheap hobby yeah so how many how many batches before it became good how was the second batch when you did your first one with that uh with that kit the second batch was really good um remember the colonel red was really good 
the second batch was really good. It was maybe a little undercarbonated, but uh, we went to a fish concert here in Charlotte, and, and I gave about 20 bottles of it away, and everybody seemed to like it there, so I was happy. But uh, if the second one would have been bad, I might have uh, might have been discouraged and not done it again. Yeah, I that one was good. I was just going to ask you that. I mean, had that second one been crappy, would you be doing what you are right now? I'm sorry, you broke up. Yeah, I mean, had that second batch been bad, would you be doing what you are right now? Probably, probably not. Maybe, but for, uh, probably not. It, it, um, the second one was was good. The third and fourth were pretty good, and then I had another bad one. But because I knew that I that I had done it once before, you know, I started dialing in my sanitation procedures and just uh, my recipes and, and learning what tastes good and what I don't like. And, uh, and yeah, and around sometime then I met, <laughs> I met John and, uh, and we started making beer in that shed and we made, made a lot of good ones. And then, uh, luckily I got, I found a job here in Charlotte, uh, doing what I love. Kind of last thing that appreciate the time today. How much does glass play a role? What, what what am I looking for at the home bar or whatnot when I'm you know kind of compiling my my set of glasses and things to drink beer out beer out of and and why does it matter? Um, so whenever you talk to a wine connoisseur, he'll tell you the same thing. Probably the thinner the glass, the better. Um, you get more flavor out of out of a thin glassware. Of course, they break easily, and then you have to buy another one, which is the the uh, the con there, but um, I'm a true believer in that. Uh, the shape of the glass has a lot to do with it as well. Those pint glasses that you see at every single bar where they, you know, 90% of the bars you go to, they'll serve you a beer in those straight-sided pint glasses. Those weren't made for beer originally. Those were made to uh, for cocktail shakers, people to make martinis in, that kind of stuff. Uh, that's not originally made for beer. That's not a true pint glass. Um they have similar shaped glasses that have, have a bulb in the middle um, that are that are good for some styles of beer. Um, but I'm pretty uh, particular about the glass that I like. I'm not going to throw a fit if somebody serves me a beer in a straight-sided pine glass, but I would rather have it um, in proper glassware. Um, you know, tulip, snifter, anything that kind of opens up and lets you really get the full effect of the beer and the aroma and and experience the whole thing, I'm, I'm a fan of. How much? How many ounces in a serving then is correct if you're using those kind of glasses? Uh, so it all depends on the price. Um, so like here at the brewery, we serve our higher alcohol beers, um, anything that's over eight percent. We serve it in a snifter, and that's going to be a ten ounce pour uh, um, instead of a sixteen ounce pour, um, which is what all our, all our lighter beers are served in. Okay. So, um, but the uh, but the but the price we. Our, eight, our beers that are above 8% alcohol are going to be a little more expensive and they're going to be a little bit less of a pour. But that's because uh, of how much it costs us to make that beer. And you probably don't need don't 16 ounces. don't want you to be ounces. leaving the brewery driving it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to put 16. For, for the person at home, there's, you know, there's not much reason to have the 16 ounce, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, at, at, home, at home it's different. But uh, I still I'm particular about my glassware at home as well. Sam, we uh, really, really, really appreciate it. We'll uh, kind of see what's next for you and everything going on up there, and uh, take care. Thank you so much for having me.
Good talking to you. See you soon.